and welcome to The Gray Area, where I dispense advice and give interviews on relationships between gamers. My name is Genesee Gray, and this is the 40th episode in a weekly series called BlizzCon with the Fragdolls. Last week's episode was a discussion with Samus from DDO Cocktail Hour about DDO, WoW, Deus Ex, Dragon Age 2, and more. Please visit www.genesee.com to add to the forum discussion on that topic and to tell me your story. Today is Friday, October 30th, and today I speak with Valkyrie and Pixel from Ubisoft's professional gaming team, The Frag Dolls. Yay! Welcome, ladies. Yay. Thank you for having us. <laughs> You're welcome. I'm very excited. Uh, before we speak, let's do news of the week. News of the week. Square Enix and Japanese mobile social gaming company DENA are teaming up to create the first social game based on the popular Final Fantasy series, which I love and kind of excited about myself. Um, few details have been announced. You are? You, you do? Do you play those as well? Oh, yeah. I remember Final Fantasy, I think, was the... I think it was Final Fantasy... What was it? Three? Seven? Okay. Was the first U.S. released one with the seven discs? Yes, yes. And so I had... You know, I'm going to date myself, but I had just uh, like moved out to college and I bought my own uh, PlayStation and that was the first game I bought. Oh, That's nice. Funny. Actually, uh, Final Fantasy VIII was the first game that I bought for my PlayStation. So, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy also. Parallel I played 11 quite a bit, too, before I moved to WoW. So. I have 13 now and I will never complete it. I just know that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, every once in a while, I'll go down and do like a half hour, an hour, and it just—I will never complete that game. I don't think it's an amazing, amazing franchise, though. It is. It's the only game series that I think I had more discs than like a special edition opera. You know, like yep. who who has seven discs? Really, that's amazing. Uh, about the Final Fantasy social game, a few details have been announced. Uh, which is based around the theme of fighting for teammates. But the DENA said it will be developing the game in-house using familiar characters from the series. And Japanese players can now pre-register for the upcoming game starting last week. And those that purchased the newly released PSP game Final Fantasy Type-0 will, will receive unspecified in-game benefits for this social title, if you do that. So if you're going to buy that anyway, you can get a little extra bonus stuff for uh, this. Also in the news, Richard Garrett, who I'm kind of tickled about because I actually met him at DragonCon. Um, he's an odd sort of character. Um, he has won this ca his case this week against NCSoft for $32 million. What? Yeah. He brought claims against the MMO publisher after they kind of had a difference of opinion over his contract. Apparently, when he went aboard the International Space Station, uh, he had to sell off all of his shares to them extra early because of that, and that cost him money to do so. So they now awarded him the $32 million that he would have had um, because he was forced to pre-sell his shares. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's something, isn't it? Is he single? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think that he is, actually. And just think That's about it. Down. He'll be, like, in space half the time, so you'll get to live in his mansion, which has, like, its own slide. If you've and sit and play our games uninterrupted. I love the idea. That's right. On a huge TV. I think that seems pretty ballin'. <laughs> I think so, too. And he can design you your own game. Right. He can put <laughs> us in the game, which is what I've always really wanted. Oh, okay. There you go. In other news, Game of Sutra has reported that after launching to a less than universal praiseworthy time, Rage has supposedly caused higher-ups at id Software's parent company, which is Xenomax, to second-guess the Texas-based studio. The general reaction to the launch of id Software Apocalyptic Shooter has res resulted in the publisher feeling a serious lack of confidence in the project management, which could mean that Doom 4 might be postponed. The official stance is that that's bogus, and Doom 4 may be backburnered, but Bethesda, or otherwise known as Xenomax, denial suggests that its development status hasn't changed. As to whether or not the Rage team is being moved onto Doom 4 now, as Carmack has suggested it would be, is another matter entirely. So we will see who ends up working on Doom 4 after that. Wow. Yes. 
a couple weeks ago, I had a guest on called Dragonitis from Australia, and this is an update based on that podcast. We spoke about the rating system in Australia and how it's different than it is here as far as uh, certain violent aspects of games have been taken out for Australians. And he was happy that the new rating R18 was about to hit Australia, which would allow him to play some uh, some of the more violent games, I guess, because he's 22 or 24 or something like that. But unfortunately for him, the Australian Minister for Home Affairs, Brendan O'Connor, told press that the R18 games rating would be available a couple months after its ratification, but now they will have to wait longer than that, according to the classification branch manager. It'll probably be another couple years before they're able to accept an application for an R18 game. So, <laughs> there you go, Australian gamers. I'm very sorry. You will not be buying any Resident Evil until it's about Resident Evil 11. Oh, man, that's yeah. brutal. How can they do <laughs> that? They are one of the strictest countries in the world for um, all of the gaming related uh, media and they are very protective of their youth which and they is- have a lot of gamers over there i mean we've had and you know because i i'm the leader of pms clan as well mm-hmm. we've had entire divisions for our australian division so i know there's a lot of people over there and they were quite big like <laughs> like gamers why yeah you know, like yeah. gaming so why don't they just band together and do something about it I don't know. I mean, I think that right now they were very excited to get the R18 rating, which I think they probably had brought about by banding together and saying, hey, we're putting our foot down. Because they don't regulate uh, magazines or uh, movies. They only regulate video games. So it's a very odd kind of system they have going on right now. So our no, part- I must have confused you then. I thought that it was saying that they couldn't get their games. Oh, no, they couldn't. You're right. They can't get their games. They can get videos and they can get magazines that are like... Um, shall we say racier or more violent, but video games are, are very restricted. Wow. Yeah. It's very similar in like some ways to like China and how they can't have undead in Australia. You can't have, um, I think the ratings were, you cannot have things like headshots or gratuitous violence. You can't have extreme swearing. You can't have anything like prostitution or drug related, uh, that's the, pretty much the categories that they're specific I remember going to, to GamesCon, and I thought it was just weird that, you know, all the first-person shooters had to be behind closed doors. Like, you can't oh, just have it, like, okay. open out. For the children? Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, like, you had to have it blocked off so that people walking just couldn't see it. They had to go into, like, you know, the areas. I could see that. Hmm. hmm interesting. Well, poor Dragonitis is going to have to wait a few years before he can play the big boy games. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dragonitis. And of course, we have lots of news from BlizzCon. Uh, Mist of Pandaria, StarCraft 2, Diablo 3. But we will talk about all of that when we get to the BlizzCon section. So, ladies, what is your news of the week? What's been going on for you? Let's start with you, Valkyrie. Uh, I'm just recuperating from a Halloween party. One of my clan mates for, on the PMS clan side had a huge raging Halloween superhero-themed party last night. So... There was a whole bunch of us. There was about, I don't know, 10 of us girls. And then, of course, you know, like 50 of her friends. And we had a a nice, awesome time. Very nice. Well, tell the listeners who don't know about the PMS clan. Um, PMS clan is a real grassroots clan that my sister and I founded. Uh, It'll be a decade next year, 2002. It was around the launch of Xbox Live. Um, Halo 1 is probably what got me into hardcore online or online gaming. Like we used to connect through um, GameSpy Tunnel before Xbox Live existed. And through playing online and doing all that, I had, I'd started console. I do a lot of PC now, but I'd started console with that. That's what really got me obsessed with online gaming and competitive gaming. So uh, starting all that out. So we met our first girls through beta testing on Xbox Live. And by the time it launched with Unreal Championship in November with the game, the system launch, um, we ran into a couple girls and randomly some guy clan, which we didn't even know what clans were, challenged us. And we're like, okay, we'll play in your, they're like, go register on this site. And it was Team Compete at the time. And so we were like registered and had our first clan match without even knowing what a clan match was. And we're like, okay, we got to figure out a name for a clan. <laughs> and that's how PMS was born. It was literally just us running into other girls, finding, you know, common themes and being amazed that we found other girls because we play all the time. You just didn't run into women back then. 
So. Neat, neat. <laughs> you just got pawned by PMS. I know, I know. <laughs> its mission really is. It's grown into its own, you know, it's evolved definitely over the years. And it's it's basically just to create a safe haven for women and other female gamers to have a positive environment to play in and help support them and give them growth that way as a minority for online competitive play. Nice. Well, Pixel, how about you tell us what your news of the week is? Uh... I have also been uh, been out yesterday. Um, I live in San Francisco, and it was like cool little house party. And a lot of the people from the gaming and tech industry here all came out to it, so we all dressed up and had a good time. Uh, I'm playing a uh, Battlefield for one. Um, I love the multiplayer for that. And then I've just started the single player. And then on the side, I've been playing um, Catherine again. Which oh my gosh, that looks so good! Have you not played it yet? I have not played it yet. Really? You need to. It's it's so weird because it's just a puzzle game where you're pushing around a bunch of blocks and stuff, but mm-hmm. it gets really complicated and it's super frustrating, but once you actually accomplish a level, it's, oh, it's so great. You just <laughs> feel so proud of yourself. <laughs> I was reading a bunch of articles yeah. about that, and I actually reviewed that game, but it looks like the relationship aspect of it is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The storyline is so good, and it's just so off the wall. And I don't know. I just I love everything about that game. I think it's phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> is the translation really bad? I was wondering if it would sound like you know those really horrible animes were. Oh right. You know what? I think they actually did a good job with the uh, the voiceovers for it. Okay. It sounds really Western. Like when I'm <laughs> listening to the dialogue, uh, I don't know. It just sounds kind of natural, which is surprising to me. <laughs> hmm. Good. So are you? Have you finished it? Or are you almost done? I think I'm almost done. I'm like on the fifth stage, and I think there's only seven total mm-hmm. chapters. Okay. So we'll see. I don't know what happens at the end, though. So <laughs> trying to not look at any spoilers. That's right. It seems like there's a lot of <laughs> options for how it could end. Yeah. So like when you're, um, you can customize text messages to your uh, to your girls that you're either in a relationship with or mm-hmm. you're trying to hook up with and um, depending on how they go you either move towards the good side or the evil side and um, I guess it changes the way that the story plays out so yes it I'm, seems like I'm that. going evil right now okay you're gonna <laughs> you're <girl>. the cheater <laughs> yeah <laughs> the cheater. okay now what's the deal with the jukebox uh, there was something about the bar that you hang out in in real life what is it called something about like sheep or uh, stray sheep. Stray sheep. Okay. Yeah. And I, I heard there's something about the uh, the jukebox, but I don't know. I don't remember I mean, what it was. As far as I know, um, like when you're playing through the levels, you unlock different um, background music. So I know that the jukebox <laughs> can change that, but I'm not sure if there's anything like special or cool. There is an arcade machine in there though, and you play um, a game called Rapunzel, which kind of looks like an 8-bit version of the actual puzzles that you're playing. Mm. Only have like a limited amount of moves in it, and um, so that has like a hundred and twenty-eight levels, I think, in that. So, like, there's a game within a game too that you can play. Is it just to help you practice so that you'll get better at the scenarios for when you go to sleep, or is it actually I, reflect <laughs> them? Um, I think it's kind of to help you practice, and it's just kind of a little bit different. Like, you have a limited amount of time in this one, but like I said, you just have. Uh, a certain amount of moves that you can use so it's I don't know it's a little bit different okay and you get achievement points which is awesome for beating it (laughs) (laughs) I've been trying to do that (laughs) neat I've heard good things about Battlefield 3 as well like I have a friend who's playing the beta but sound design is amazing for it I'll say that just it sounds epic if you have a good headset or Mm -hmm. if you have surround sound in your living room it's just like earth shattering (laughs) war zone like realism it scares me (laughs) like i'll just be sitting there (laughs) trying to hide and cover and like i hear like rpgs flying by my head and it's just insane (laughs) and yeah like the uh, destructibility of the maps are really cool too so i'll just be sitting there and all of a sudden i see and hear a tree fall over and like explosions happening everywhere and i'm like whoa what's going on this is tense (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a lot of fun i enjoy it a lot i'm so used i have not played it yet i'm so used to like the 
the role-playing based games like um, Mass Effect and stuff like that, that Deus Ex is kind of a, a change for me. Like Deus Ex is a change. I'm not really a first person shooter, like aficionado, shall we say. Right. So I get kind of panicked because it's all like people are shooting at you, you know, and right. it's really realistic. Like, ah, oh, stop, stop. Ah! It's just panic and that stuff. So I have to kind of baby step it. I'll eventually go there to the uh, multiplayer mode, but baby stepping. Well, Mass Effect is kind of like a good way to sort of get into the shooter genre, too, since they've been adding more and more shooter elements to it. That's true. So, yeah. And Bioshock and stuff like that. I mean, I yeah. think I'm pretty accurate as far as the shooting, but I just get really unnerved with all the screaming <laughs> and, like, zombie sounds and, like, dying, right? <laughs> you know, explosions, panicking. I would not be good in an actual battle, I don't think, like, in, in real life if you were shooting. I'll be sure to not enlist you. <laughs> That's right. I don't think I would be an excellent foot soldier. No. I participated in our Fragdoll Friday event that we just had. Yeah, and, tell uh, us about that. Um, so it was run by uh, Fidget, who was live streaming her gameplay, and we had on um, Season from EA, and also Ian from EA as well. And we were all just playing, interviewing them. They talked about themselves, what they do, as far as community management for Battlefield 3. We gave out some awesome swag the entire night, and everyone had a good time. Excellent. I was looking for that video. Can you tell everyone where it can be found if they would like to watch the uh, live stream Fridays? Definitely. It's um, www.twitch.tv backslash fragdolls. Super simple. Let's start at the beginning for those who don't know. Um, the Fragdolls are a team of professional female gamers recruited by Ubisoft to promote their video games and represent the presence of women in the game industry. And these gamer girls play and promote games at industry and game community events, compete in tournaments, and participate daily in online gamer geek activities. I believe that was started in 2004. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe your experience uh, with the Frag Dolls when you first joined? Let's start with you, Valkyrie, and how did you get involved with the Frag Dolls? Yeah, um, it really wasn't uh, much of a stretch for me. So I think at that point in 2004, that's when women, especially like PMS clan, um, were starting to get a little bit of media attention, I guess you could say. Um, and it was just kind of going around, and the girls that were rocking it were rocking it, extreme minority at that time. So I was the webmaster for the website, and you know I was always looking for content to post out. And I stumbled across on a female Counter-Strike team. At, uh, the job posting, basically, Ubisoft was doing a casting call uh, to put together a promotional team uh, for their company. And at the time, I was, myself and Brooklyn of the Frag Dolls, uh, we were the the leaders of the Rainbow Six division as well. Um, so Ubisoft was like the bread and butter. We'd been playing Rainbow, you know, for over a year then. I mean, we'd played the original, you know, Black Girl came out. So we were hardcore. This was the multiplayer game. Like, we would spend hours upon hours upon hours and clan matches on. So when they put that out, we were all over that. Um, you know, I, I had a lot of experience already with communities and community development. So it was a natural alignment for me but that's that's literally how I found out about it and then when we when we started it really has evolved so much but it literally the job we did is um, for not of course we do a lot of digital marketing but they brought us into events where we would demo and be the hands-on for consumer gameplay and that's what the brand managers did at the time and the associate brand managers so you know basically these people that were you know controlled all the marketing for it they would come in and teach people how to play and a lot of them weren't gamers you know so it was very it's, it wasn't the best so they wanted to put together they knew the marketability of females had to the male and female audience so they wanted to put together extreme group of gamer girls that could speak, I guess, the peer-to-peer -peer language of consumers, and that's that's definitely how we started and and how we grew. I loved it, though. Were you part, part of the um, Rainbow Six tournament for the Black Arrow? Oh, yes. I'm part yeah. of every tournament. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. I think it is a really neat brand as well. I mean, I like to watch the videos, and I like to go to the site and see what you guys are doing, and it looks like you have so much fun on the videos. We do, and we're kind of like, we're growing our outreach that way. A lot of it's just kind of like, because some of us like have video experience, some of us don't, and it's just a constant growth of, we have pretty much full reign. What do we want to work on? What do we want to do? You know, our main objectives or course are to, you know, promote in uh, Ubisoft games and, and products and stuff, but they we have full reign. They know that we're female gamers. They like, you know, that, you know, we have an organic reach to people and that we play other games, and so they support that. So if we want to write a video or talk 
about another game, we certainly can. And we it's our own little mini brand. It really is a brand, Frag Dolls is. So we actually have our little departments, our creative department, our content. We sit and have meetings and think about like what kind of content we want to write about or make a video about and try to look for fun stuff and do mm-hmm. all that. I think it's really working. Definitely working. Because I want, I, I was telling Pixel, I want a Fragdoll t-shirt. I want, <laughs> the Fragdolls look so good all the time. And just, I like to look at the press kit and be like, ooh, she's my favorite. Look, look at Fidget. Look, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a very, you need like dolls, like literal dolls, or you need like the plastic figurines, you know. You know, they've had discussions on that. I don't know if we're like need all that what we really need though is I, I think that we know and try to be you know somewhat role models for women in the games industry as well you know we don't we're not just a marketing team which definitely is our job and, and people need to understand that but everyone we constantly hounded everyone you know you are an example you know females are most certainly one of our target groups it's it's our hope to reach them you know we're trying to work with tech bridge for girls for charity now to expose little girls to science and technology you know in hopes that they'll pick those careers down the road i mean gaming really is the entry stone for women to get into tech and gaming industry jobs and and roles you know so hopefully you know outside of just you know the the marketing aspect or just the gaming aspect that girls will actually just come into this industry and help shake it up and change it up and continue down that path I think uh, definitely they can get into that and behind that and watch you guys having so much fun and being so uh, very talented at the gaming and, and say, look, you know, I can be like that too. Thank you. We try. We're definitely trying. All right, Pixel, now on to you. I know you're a newer Frag Doll. So yeah. let's, how did you end up joining the team and, and how was the application process for you? So I'm one of the two newest. Um, I actually got into it because back in 2010, at the end of it, I met another frag doll. Her name was Spectra, and um, we both loved Battlefield Bad Company too. And so I gamed online with her. And um, a couple of months later, she contacted me again, and she was like, "Hey, you know, we've got this really awesome internship program called uh, the Cadet Program. Mm-hmm. So every six months, they um, hire on a bunch of." Uh, a bunch of girls that are really interested in the gaming industry, the tech industry, and, you know, just growing in that aspect. And so I tried out for that. I had to submit a video, um, a written interview, and a resume. Um, And so I got selected for the spring class of 2011, and I was so excited. Um, I was absolutely glowing about that opportunity. So I got to go to a few cons, and then after my um, six-month session was up, uh, I was surprised by yet another email saying, hey, we want you to try out for this casting call to be an actual frag doll. I was flipping out. It was was crazy. I was like, "There's what? This must be a mistake. There's no way. Um, But it was legit, and uh, so 12 of us went to San Diego Comic-Con, and... It was kind of like a casual casting call. Um, we weren't really put on spot, but I did get to work a microphone for the very first time on a stage, and I was so frightened by that. <laughs> but I think uh, I've gotten over that for the most part. I've seen um, your videos. You completely have. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't even know she was nervous. That's the first hearing that. Oh, man. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> you have no idea, Valkyrie. Um, so, we kind of threw them in the deep end of the pool on the mic. Yep. Yeah, they did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for the casting call, we also had to submit another video, um, do another written interview, again, submit our resumes. And I mean, Valkyrie was one of the people behind the whole casting call, so I'm sure she has more insight on the behind the scenes selection. It's actually process. a very intense process. Uh, you know, it's real important to us. We're a very, very small team, and these aren't just going to be, you know, our teammates. They're going to be our coworkers that mm-hmm. we deal with on a day to day basis. And it's really hard, and it's hard to find like the perfect person always. And you want to make sure you do a good job because a lot of it really is built upon individual relationships that you get with the girls. And you don't want to overlook someone because someone else has had more time per se than another. You really want to look at their backgrounds, their interests, what does the team need? You know, we, we have so many outlets that we work on and ways that we do, but, you know, it's real important that they have the right skill set, that they have the right energy, like persona for camera, you know, can they 
talk about games enthusiastically? Can they, you know, are they approachable? You know, are they, you know, presentable? Are they knowledgeable? Um, you, so it's really hard. So Pixel, actually, I, I will let you know that you're, you're the best hire we've had yet. Aww. <laughs> she really is. We put her in charge. She's uh, definitely a social media enthusiast, big time. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of gave her a reign and structured her and set up. And she's actually come up with a lot of good ideas and research herself. So it's like to have someone fully committed to our social media side has been amazing. Because, um, you know, social media for our digital marketing is, is a huge, it's main component. So she has been rocking it. <laughs> I really like that uh, you are Pixel kind of into some of the similar things that I am. So we have some commonalities and interested kind of in the interrelationships uh, and the relationships that form on online gaming and, and various mm -hmm. types of player to player relationships, which is really neat, I think. And a kind of an interesting thing to study about gaming as far as psychology aspects of it and things like that. So I, I like yeah. that. Like I'm that. a true believer that you can totally make real friendships online. I mean, I know this because I actually have lived with uh, with people that I made friends with on WoW at one point. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can definitely generate some very long-lasting relationships through the Internet. All and I my think relationships now, come from online. <laughs> yeah, and now with conventions, it just makes a way easier place to meet up and hang out in real life. And that's awesome, taking that online relationship to a face-to-face -face relationship. I'm a big believer in that since that I met my husband in WoW. Oh, nerd love. I know, nerd love. I do like how the various ladies um, from the Fragdolls have seems like kind of a speciality, like in some ways, like I would say Phoenix is more like parenting, you know, if you were interested in kind of the, maybe the uh, impact on games for children or you wanted to talk about like things of that nature, she kind of seems like expert in that. And yep. then, you know, everyone sort of has their own niche, like you were saying, which is, is really cool. Yeah, uh, the the personalities on the team, they vary so greatly, it's ridiculous. You know, we literally just have one common theme, and that's our love of gaming. Nice. Valkyrie has made history by being the first all-female team to rank number one in the co-ed professional LAN tournament, and you are the team captain as well. You kind of strike me as maybe the, like, alpha frag doll or the mom frag doll of the group. Do you think that's true? Cause it's I... Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was so true. <laughs> you seem like I, you have the most experience with public events. Let's just say that. Yeah. It's not just that, too. I tend to, I'm definitely a type A and organize and, and, and being my experience with PMS and starting and leading, you know, thousands of people, you know, I just have that, the natural tendency to like start, you know, directing, I guess you could say. I'm always very concerned with the girls, you know, I definitely am the kind, the one that tries to sit down and work out stuff and do all that you know I'm very aggressive as well so <laughs> it's a big my biggest thing and, and the thing that I, I, the only reason why I've been doing this is for you know literally it goes down to the minority of female gaming and promoting female gaming and just growing it from there there's I will never forget you know it's unfortunate I don't ever get to really feel that way because it's so common now that you tend to forget so I have to remind myself over and over that first experience with you know meeting another girl you know like even for the first couple of years every time I met a new girl it was like such a great thing I was so <laughs> excited I wanted to know everything about them I wanted to get them into my clan you know I wanted to play with them I wanted to kick some boys butts with them like you know I have to remind myself because you know we still are minority people think that you know it's just kind of, we kind of travel in packs so you get used to being around it and I definitely put my pack around me nowadays you know keep them around but and I've almost created a little filter bubble that probably isn't the best but I love my pack you know so that's a big big deal for me I find that's very true. I, I try to have um, people that I find, uh, women that I find influential to me on the podcast. And I think I've had maybe four or five podcasts with women, but it is difficult, especially just as a gamer in general. Um, you know, there's no one around locally who's not an online friend that doesn't look at me like I'm very crazy when I say like, oh, you know, I was up really late last night playing Deus Ex. And they're like, what is Deus Ex? And yeah. what are you talking about? You know, they look at you like, what? What? But yeah. they're usually really interested. That's what I think. They, the people that aren't <laughs> in the world, if you start talking about it, they just want to hear more. They don't get it, yeah, they're but so they're intrigued. fascinated by it. I find at least. 
Very good. That's a good experience to have. I wish that that had been my experience. <laughs> I kind of just get the, you spent six hours, what? Loser? That's true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Pixel, how about you? Um, we spoke a little bit about uh, experience with public events, and we're going to kind of move to, I guess, cons as well. What is your favorite con? Um, it has to be between E3 and PAX. I love E3 just because all of the publishers, they just go all out for that event. And it's all industry, though. So everyone you're talking to is either a designer, or they actually make the games, or they write about the games, or they're press. Um, but it's a really fun event. It's not as crowded as like a Comic-Con or anything. So, you know, you can actually play the games and have breathing room, which is always nice. Um, but on the flip side, I like PAX because the fans are there. And I love being able to just mix and mingle and talk to other, you know, gamers that are like myself. And that's also an awesome thing to do too. Um, actually, the first time I went to PAX was in uh, Seattle this year. So it was very fun times. Do you think E3... I mean, I could imagine that it could go either way. Professionals kind of want to have maybe a little bit more of a serious, like, we are artist side to them, and maybe the con could be a little less crazy than some of the others, or they could be super enthusiastic because they can actually appreciate all the things that someone who isn't in the industry would not uh, understand, maybe. How how does it, how's the feel of E3? I think I get the vibe from both ends actually like I do see the people in business suits all you know very oh, I'm here to to talk business and that's <laughs> it's all work. I'm here to do Working. exactly but then um, actually a bunch of people from like retail goes to E3 as well if you work at GameStop and I know that some people from Best Buy actually went to you know they're there to have fun and play the games and see what's new and what's coming out so I've seen it from both ends and I've seen a bunch of press you know they're all about the games and writing about them so they're always really enthusiastic about everything as well yeah those gamer kids somehow get passes all the time so you definitely (laughs) still you still get the you know the consumer and over the top enthusiasts which are awesome I'm a big fan of E3 myself, too, just because it's actually, it's a smaller group of people I know. It's so hard at PAX. Literally, we know, like, 200 people there, and you can't group up with 200 people, so I never feel you get the one-to-one personal time you need with all your friends that are there. It's just too many, and it, and that's frustrating to me. The first time I ever went to the East Coast was actually for a New York Comic Con, so okay. it was cool. Yeah, that was just was it not last weekend or very very close it was, by? Uh, yeah, it was the week right before BlizzCon, so it was the thirteenth to the uh, the sixteenth. Ah, okay. So, did you run into like the Wall Street sit-in while you were there? I mean, was it near where the con was being held? Kind of, yeah. I don't remember where it originally started out at, but then on Sunday um, we were actually going to go to Times Square just to check it out. Mm-hmm. But um, apparently they moved to Times Square too, so we ended up not going because <laughs> we heard that they were taking um arresting people and taking them off by the van load <laughs> yes i heard the park was a uh, quite the spot to be arrested yeah. hmm. do people recognize you guys a- as the team and and get really excited when they see you do you have a lot of fandom happening or do people allow you to kind of pass unmolested at <laughs> these <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, you know, Fractals have been at every single pack since the very beginning in, in 2004. The first Penny Arcade Expo was held. So that was actually our first um, team appearance. And so we've been there since it was, you know, just small at the other convention outside of Seattle. Um, and, you know, we definitely have a group of following there. Um, but people are never, they're never obtuse or anything about it. Everyone's always great. It's always awesome. They want a picture. They want to talk. That's what we're there for. So. Okay. Do you find that people embrace the idea of the frag dolls at conventions kind of as the professional gamers and amazing players that you are? Or do people look at you kind of like that girl that holds up the round sign at a wrestling match? You know what I'm saying? I I guess what I'm asking is, do you feel respected by the majority of players or do you feel like it's a mass geeking out or no? I totally I think- do, uh, actually, because, you know, we're in t-shirts and jeans. We're not, obviously not blue face. We're the ones sitting there helping people with the games and answering their questions. Um, and like I said before at the beginning, that's what the brand managers themselves did uh, before we started. So there's most certainly a respect. Um, they know, they look at us as working as Ubisoft. I don't have people mistaking us for booth babes. I mean, other than <laughs> okay. people that might, you know, 
just automatically hear about us. But if you're like walking around a convention, don't know who we are, you'll know that you'll definitely realize we work for the company. We're not a booth babe. Uh, so I, I don't have that issue. What about you, Pixel? Um, I mean, I'm sure that sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, she's just like some pretty girl. But once people actually start talking to you, they're like, okay, like this girl, she like knows her stuff. She's legit. And um, so I think that's really cool that, you know, people don't see us as just some skinny thing walking around. And that's awesome that uh, people can actually hold conversations about video games with us and I think that uh, makes everyone really happy too. <laughs> yes, gaming. Another issue we have too is we haven't had like any first person shooters for years now so that's mm -hmm. what always we were highlighted and featured it's competition where we do competitions and do things like that with, which really feature us feature us as a competitive gaming team so now we've got you know a, a bunch of titles coming all next year we're going to be hit by some first person shooters so i'm super excited because then we get to actually sit there and play do a little smack talk have some fun <laughs> and rock it yeah. yeah exactly do what we do best all right here's kind of a random question uh tell me something about you that would surprise your fans that they wouldn't know i've pretty much already shared all my dirty secrets here like uh one that is i can't I can't share a computer with anyone, and that I take rating extremely seriously. What would you say to your fans who don't know? How about Pixel? Go first. Oh, man. I have no idea. <laughs> I I have no idea just because I put everything on blast all the time. <laughs> there like, are no secrets. I've, exactly. I've made my life so public. Like, every single status update I put on Facebook, it's all public. Every single tweet I do, it's all public. Like... I don't hide anything, so I'm not quite sure what would surprise people about me at this point. <laughs> How seriously do you take uh, rating? Because I'm definitely a nerd rager and wow myself. I have um, never rage quit, ever. I just, like, write horrible, um, like, PMs <laughs> to people. I can't believe that you don't know that you have to hold egg. You know, like, just, just horrible PMs to people. But I've never, like, rage quit and said, I'm not going to finish a raid. If I'm in it, I'm like, don't you understand? You committed. You're going to sit here. No, I'm the same way. Oh, I feel like it's a job and people... That's right. When they take a position on the team, even if it's just a gaming team, they're like, I have our life or, you know, or, you know, this is just a game. No, it's not just a game. We're a team that relies upon each other to get anything we want to do done. And you can't just replace the person and reteach fights and do all that. I, I am completely with you. There. Like that you should be there 15 happen. minutes early and you should yep. know your fight and I that's shouldn't have to give you a potion or food <laughs> exactly. and you should be there because that's how I'm, that's how I roll. Yeah. I'm the same yeah, way the same when day. I used to co-lead, uh, co-lead raids in WoW when I used to play and it would just irritate me so much when people would want to bail early, not show up on time oh my gosh <laughs> like don't you Maybe understand i've headache. played when i was throwing up i don't want to hear this <laughs> i think this is supposed to be fun i'm like not not let you down it <laughs> das Fuhrer says your headache does not qualify you cannot quit it's not fun until we get the fat loots all right right <laughs> there you go see now valkyrie there's got to be something some dirty secret you want to share <laughs> i'm i'm so blunt people know like you know like i'm just i i literally am an open book too i'm trying to think yeah this woman doesn't hold back <laughs> yeah i know if it's on my head if it's on the brain it's out there um i guess duh, duh, duh. i don't know i guess i don't talk about it my close friends know but you know my husband is well was a pro gamer too he uh, played for cgs uh in Project Gotham Racing for Team 3D New York. So um, I guess, you know, we don't really talk about the significant others, but I've been married, you know, since 2003 before Frag Dolls, and he's a big gamer too, and we've kind of like built our little gaming life and all of our toys around us. That's good that you have the commonality. Have you ever like competed? Have you, has your team been somewhere when his team's been we do somewhere? We not together at all. <laughs> okay, no. okay. <laughs> no, not even from home. Like he's definitely a backseat driver. And <laughs> that's why I don't share computers. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. And he's the nicest guy in the world, like, very charismatic, you know, super easygoing, but when he's gaming, he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> See, Tinzian is also a rogue. We both play rogues in WoW, and we actually are in raids often together, and oh. he is combat rogue, and I'm a mutilate rogue, so we... We've kind of been spared some of the stuff, but on occasion, many times, we will roll for the same loot, and that is always dangerous. <gasps> yes. Dangerous. Yes, it would be. 
<laughs> I've dealt with lots of couples in our guild. There's so many couples, and yeah, I've definitely seen some couple drama there when they claim each other. <laughs> All right. Do you expect him to like pass and everything? No, I don't. I don't. I really think he should roll, uh, unless it's a dagger, and then he can't roll. <laughs> but otherwise, and you know, we have like our thing. Yeah, it's if it's a sword, yeah, he rolls, yeah. right? Gotcha. But otherwise, guys, uh, it's fair. Do you guys compete over the damage charts? Uh huh. <laughs> oh man! Oh, of course. That's the people. Yeah, same class. I mean, they might be a different spec, but they're the same class. That's the people—the only people you really compete with. Yep, <laughs> it's very true. Yep. And there's been times when um, our our raid can only take one rogue, and they have to choose. <laughs> That's when it gets really That's nasty. Brutal. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have to like uh, do a, like a damage off, you know? Right. That's funny. Okay, moving on. Let's go back to New York Comic Con for a minute or two. Um, I have some videos from Pixel about that. Can you guys talk about, and I, I guess Valkyrie can also do this. I don't know if she was at that con. Are we, were you at that con as well? Yeah. Oh, of course. Oh, you are. Okay. Uh, tell us about the Black Eyed Peas experience and Just Dance 3, which looked really fun to play. Oh man, those stages were probably the funnest to work at a at New York Comic Con. Um, so they're both games that are going to be on uh, Wii and also on the Kinect. Um, if you use it on Kinect, then you actually don't need to hold any controllers, which is a blast. Um, Just Dance 3 is a little easier, I would say. Um, yeah. So it makes for a really, really awesome party game. Um, it's got a variety of music on it. Um, so there's that. Black Eyed Peas Experience is exclusive Black Eyed Peas songs. It's all that's on there. But the dance moves for it are really legit. Like, they're hard to do. You have to, like, sit there and, like, master this stuff. It's crazy hard. Um, but, yeah, both very, very awesome games. Super excited and stoked um, on Black Eyed Peas, which is coming out soon. So Excellent. Valkyrie, Ghost Recon Future Soldier. Tell me about this. Is this free? What is the deal with that? Well, so Ghost Recon Online is the free-to-play PC game, um, okay. and that will be coming before Future Soldier, I believe. So, and so they're being developed by two of our different offices. I think our Singapore office is doing online, and is it Montreal uh, Pixel that's doing Future Soldier? Uh, I don't know. I, I know think that it's um, Montreal or Paris. Why but does every anyway, gaming uh, company have a Montreal office? Canada, give Canada, us back our gaming, gaming companies. It's like San Francisco for exactly. Canada. <laughs> yeah. So we have continue. offices everywhere, dev offices everywhere. So, and that's that's one of our main dev offices. But anyway, so Future Shoulder is going to be a free to play online PC game, which I'm super stoked at. The game is phenomenal. It m moves like a dream. It. I think you'll see a Fragile team competing on PC for mm -hmm. the first time. That's what we're gearing up for. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then Future Soldier, of course, will be on you know all your favorite consoles, your well, your Xbox and your PlayStation. And they're not gonna. We don't know anything about PC right now. So, um, but yeah, both of them. We haven't had our first-person shooters for I don't know at least three years. When when was Vegas? Like three, four years ago. So we're super stoked. You're gonna have a good. Clancy storyline, a lot of cool stuff, um, a lot of futuristic technology based on true military, you know, warfare type equipment they're developing and stuff. So the betas are just coming out for, they just launched the online beta. So, and then I think you one, you're going to be seeing uh, the Ghost Recon Future Soldier beta. Ooh, sounds fun. Is that the yeah. one pixel well, you said? We're going to be doing Fragdoll Friday on that when that comes around, but yeah, we're still waiting for, for sure. dates and stuff. Okay, now before we get to BlizzCon news, which I'm very excited to talk about, let's hear from our friend Skaggy the Poet, who claims that he does not play World of Warcraft and yet is dreaming about pandas. So let's hear from his segment, Get the Girl. Hello and welcome to Get the Girl, Kill the Buddies and Save the Entire Planet, Episode 4, with your host, Skaggy the Poet. My repeated thanks to Jen for putting this segment out on the Grey Area Podcast. 
This week I've accidentally written a poem all about World of Warcraft. How do you accidentally write a poem about World of Warcraft? Well, um, let's see. You write a poem about pandas and then read online that the next playable race for World of Warcraft will be pandas. Hence, pandas. Um, that's it really. So here we go with this week's poem roughly linked with World of Warcraft <clears throat> entitled The Pandas Are Coming The pandas are coming The pandas are coming You better start hiding You better start running As they're sick of being nearly extinct and labelled cute So the pandas are coming to give us the boot Evolution be damned you can hear them say No one had better get in a panda's way As now we take our destiny into our own hands And humans scream as we march through the lands The pandas are coming, the pandas are coming Trumpets are blowing and drummers are drumming As the pandas are now here and they want our jobs They've cast off their image of bamboo guzzling slobs They shout if we hadn't mobilised you'd have killed us off So now we've come to finish you humans all off we're going to evolve thumbs and other useful parts. I mean, you humans did it, so it can't be that hard. The pandas are coming, the pandas are coming. They now serve us burgers and mend our plumbing. And in their endangered species zoo, in a small cage, you'll soon find the remnants of the human race. So there we go. A poem accidentally written about pandas that ironically also links into the latest news about World of Warcraft. Enjoyed that? Why not let me know? I can be found at skaggydapoet at aol.co.uk or you can read my poetry blog at skaggythepoet at WordPress. You can always drop a line to Jen if you like or dislike the segment and if you've got any ideas for gaming-related poetry that perhaps aren't as tenuously linked as this week's poem. <coughs> anyway, moving on, it's time to say toodle pip. A big thank you to Skeggy. And now on to BlizzCon news. Very excited about that. Yay! <laughs> I loved your... You're going to make me jealous. I know. Valkyrie's going to tell us both about BlizzCon. <laughs> it's okay. It's actually not the con that gets me so excited. It's, this is the event I get to go usually for myself. And so I get to meet up with my friends, see my guildmates, see my real friends, industry friends that work at Blizzard, go to all the parties. So, and I'm not having to work. That's why I love it. Ah, that's what I was going to ask you as well. The WoW Insider Party, the Twitch, and the Curse.com Party. Yes. Tell about those. <laughs> so the WoW Insider, I think they got a little too many more people than they expected because that thing was packed. <laughs> you couldn't even move or get a drink, but it didn't matter. Like Everyone there was already, it was like... The, the, everyone was just getting in. It was, everyone was ready to have a great time. A lot of high energy. I got to meet uh, Kinesthesia uh, from Learn to Raid. If you've used their videos to Learn to Raid, have you? Mm. No, no. What, what do you use? Tankspot? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I used to use Tankspot, but I moved to the Learn to Raid. I, I watch both of them at times because you get different, you know, mixtures of information that might be crucial from both. So uh, yeah, Tankspot's but, more like a healing and and far away casting video. I, I kind of well, prefer a little more DPS based videos. So maybe I should try that. Yeah. Oh, then you. Yeah. Well, I think the Kinesthesia is a healer too. Just like uh, um, what's her name from <laughs> yeah. Tankspot? Hello name? and welcome. I can't remember her name. Oh yeah, Alina or <laughs> Alina. Yeah. Yeah. I like her videos too. I, I do. I think they do a really. I mean, that kind of role that people have developed and created a name for themselves and making those videos are just amazing because it really shows you like a community aspect like there was a need for people you know that aren't on the PTRs you know learning these fights and strategies and then you know these guys putting together high quality videos that step by steps on the strategies you know that actually because seeing is believing so reading something is a whole different thing than seeing it although I still firmer believer until you actually play it yourself then it's not yes well I love how calm they are you know like when I raid it's never like hello and welcome Today we're going to tell you about Bethelak. And then, oh. you know, it's just like you're watching yoga. You know, they're so <laughs> calm and like, now you will but want to face two. There's no way. You know, they're just staring up. <laughs> I know. I'm doing it. <laughs> move! Move! <laughs> Raids are never like that. That's what's yeah, so funny. Yeah. No, they definitely, it's probably a good thing that they, you know, post-record the overview strategy and <laughs> sit on top of it. Yes. But that would be hilarious if they just did, you know. Live, uh, like recordings yeah, well, of their rating. A lot of 
of them do live stream, so you actually can see it. But if they would actually just host a video of a live stream and promote it like they do, I think that'd be funny. <laughs> I, I, I think so, that, too. Sure. <laughs> would be great. All right, sorry. Continue, parties. I distracted you. Oh, uh, yeah. So that was uh, great. We were there uh, till quite late. Everyone was, was having a good time. I um, Then we... The next night was the curse party and the Twitch party. So the Twitch party was a uh, Barcraft party. Um, and so it was a lot of the, the younger gamers. Um, they were going crazy. You know, they just had monitors. It was kind of a weird Barcraft because, you know, it is a convention ballroom that mm. they just had to set up and then a bunch of chairs. But, you know, luckily, you know, somebody thinks we're important because, you know, we got VIP passes to the back. So, but we didn't really spend too much time there anyway because the curse party was next door in the other ballroom. And that's where the real action was at. <laughs> Felicia Day came in, uh, a few other people, um, up in the VIP section there, too, and she had a few of the guild people with her. Um, it was crazy. It was mo- a lot of industry people, and then I guess some, the pro teams and stuff, so it wasn't open. It was a little harder to get an invite for people, so you didn't have to, uh, but it was still packed, and, and it went all night, and got to see all of our friends, and I actually met a few important people that didn't realize we were going to be there, but it's funny to see them in an environment where they're just hanging out and have a good time. Uh, you know, they, everyone's pretty accessible, and all the Blizzard employees were there, so I think it's real cool that they go around and chat and with the fans and with the people that play their games and are really there to reach out, and, you know, they believe in their game and want to want to promote it. I always like talking with developers, but I do wonder at these parties how you would recognize anyone. I, I mean, even Ghostcrawler, I mean, obviously, uh, he's up there, so you see him. But if you saw him walking around at a party, was he? Yeah. <laughs> if you just saw him at a party, how would you know? Well, I don't. You know, I'll be honest. I don't sit there and troll around and look at, you know, pictures. So I, I don't really know who's who unless I've met them before. But it's just other people always do. So they're always oh, like, they oh, say, who's here? Look there's who's Steve. Here. Okay. Excellent. Uh, News from the con, which I assume everyone knows, but let's make sure. The next uh, World of Warcraft expansion. uh, Yes. The Myths of Pandaria surmised to release in 2012 at Christmas, but no confirmed date on that. The new race and new class revealed the Pandaren monk and monk. Well, the Pandaren race and the monk class, along with a new continent and several new dungeons. So how exciting is that? I don't, you know, I'll just admit, you know, I, I, wo- I woke up late that day to go in on the first day, and I walked in, and I saw the, uh, you know, I missed the announcements, basically, and I saw Mr. Pandaria, and I'm like, pandas? I don't follow the lore much, you know, which is weird, because I read a lot of fantasy books, but I just, I don't follow World of Warcraft lore, and I, I need to read those books sometime, but, so I had no idea they were pandas even around, so I was a little taken aback, but then I was like, oh my god, how easy going to be to cosplay this? Yes. Well, everyone had the pet, you know, the companion pet where you, you know, nod at him or whatever, and he does his little bow and all that. So I think everyone was so taken with the pet that they probably said, hey, we need to have pandas right now. So neat. Well, someone said it was was in the lore that, you know, this race was in the lore and in the book. So that's... I'm wondering, I'm, you know, I'm concerned for World of Warcraft. It's taking a big hit right now, obviously. you got a lot of MMOs up and coming, and, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a lot of my friends were leaving, you know. And we always take our times where we leave and come back. And myself, I'm taking a break, too. So, um, But it's a game I play since Classic, and I have so much, you know, I have over a year of real-life time played on my main, and, you know, I can't imagine just losing all that, you know. I think a lot of people kind of circle in and out. You know, they yeah, play for a while, I take a break. But they always come back, and that's the one I do really come back to. I mean, I've played a lot of MMOs yep. in my time, but I don't come yeah, back. I don't think one can truly quit. Wow. And there is, and there's no quit. I have a feeling quitting. that the, uh, the new expansion will might be the one that will be. I feel like I can't quit. I just hit you, and I have too much rare stuff. <laughs> and, right. I can't you know, quit you. Shiny purple. I, I know. <laughs> You're my tune. So, do you think you're going to be lured back to World of Warcraft with the uh, Mists of Pandaria? I thought about it. I glanced at that uh, that announcement, and I was like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> new continent. Right. New class of player, monk. I was like, boyfriend, um, just to <laughs> let you know. <laughs> you won't be seeing me for the next yep. six months. <laughs> yeah. But uh, 
I, I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna say strong for right now. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, all that time invested as well. I mean, you can't just abandon that character. I don't think. Yeah. But I, I am gonna say older public though. Oh yes, and I do want to talk to you about that. Don't think I don't know you're in the beta. <laughs> I don't think I don't know. <laughs> but it's little bird yeah, I will focus first. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get to that, um, I like some of the old school things they're bringing back to uh, this new expansion. No flying till cap, which is kind of neat because I think if you walk the terrain, you actually get a better feel for the world. Um, oh, yeah. And the talents, I do understand what he was saying about the talents. Originally, the purpose of them was to kind of give you um, a unique and special character that was different than someone else that happened to be the same class, but it definitely turned into a contest of who could keep up with elitist jerks the most to have the best build, you know, for DPS. And I hope that now with the new talents they're bringing out, it kind of makes it possible for maybe that original dream of having things that don't affect your DPS but are just really cool to to be in there. But we will see. We'll see. I don't know. Anytime you mess with talents, it's a big concern for me. So that's scary. <laughs> it is. It is a bit <laughs> scary. But I'm sure they'll have a, an optimal build that I'll just copy. Oh, for that. yeah. They're always going to have to. There's always going to be one that just, you know, numbers wise is the highest performer. Now let's go to Diablo 3, which I, I was telling Pixel earlier, for me is like the game that doesn't really exist. Like every year they say, oh, look, we're going to do this in Diablo 3. And like three years later, they're still saying that. But I know she's playing the beta. So Pixel, give me the juicy details on Diablo 3. Well, good news is, is uh, I think it's finally coming out, maybe, hopefully. <laughs> Will it ever come so out? So there is beta that exists. Maybe, um, but now I've been playing. Uh, I've been playing the beta. Um, it's been a lot of fun so far. Um, I've checked out the Witch Doctor class, which is new um, for Diablo Three this go around. Um, so you can summon uh, zombie dogs, which are cute in like a really undead sort of way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so that's way cool. They've totally revamped the graphics. Thank goodness after all these years, um, and the environments are a lot more interactive. And, um, yeah, very cool stuff, and uh, I can't wait to hopefully make a gameplay video for this for you all to enjoy and be envious. What's your, what's your guys' thoughts on them giving uh, Diablo out to World of Warcraft subscribers? I the heard past. about that. I love it. I, I'm surprised that they're <laughs> Smart doing marketing. it. Smart <laughs> marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, World of Warcraft players, want it because a lot of them actually have never played Diablo. I'm one of them. I've never played I mean? either. So, no the, to get the fact, to give it out, because I know the people that play get really addicted. It's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. So, I think, you know, going, I think it's brilliant marketing because, you know, people are going to get it free. So, they're going to go test it out and, you know, they're going to get subscribers from it. No doubt about it. I think like so, after, too. For the listeners the- that don't know, um, yeah. I guess basically how you would describe this is if you got the World of Warcraft pass, which I think you have to purchase a year's worth of time in World of Warcraft, you get uh, Diablo 3 for free. Which is only 60 bucks, right? So, right. Is yeah. it subscription-based after that, though, Pixel? Uh, for Diablo? No, yeah. it, it never was. Um, so I don't think that they'll be making this a subscription-based so game. they're just going to bring more people into the franchise and it'll exactly. keep up. Yeah. Do they do microtransactions or anything in that game? Not for the previous ones. Um, they haven't said so far for uh, this iteration, so I guess we'll see what happens. I mean, microtransactions are all over the internet now, so yeah, it's totally they, they a have possibility to for that to give the game out. I mean, I I, I think it's just brilliant. Like I said, because you're they're going to create more Diablo fans and 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 really integrate their their fan base for their games, which is. Smart, smart, smart. Definitely. I think that was the kind of the controversy in the last month or two that they were saying that for Diablo 3 they were going to do microtransactions and people were having like issues with that um, a little bit. But I know they were talking about you could sell your gold, actually, your money. Yes, um, for real. So it, that I would definitely say that that's, that's a, a big path deal. for microtransactions. Yeah, and, and they're eliminating gold sellers. I think that's brilliant, too. I mean, they're losing you know, millions of dollars, you know, to gold sellers and farmers. So yeah. why not tap into that and give people a legitimate way to do it? Because you know people are doing it and they're going to do it. I know. We had this We had this debate, like, on and off because on one hand, you want to encourage people to do something legal by making it legal. And on the other hand, is it going it to stop it? Other people have to grind and farm it. Yeah. And the fairness factor. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. It would be interesting 
test, I guess, before they kind of try to implement something like that in World of Warcraft. We'll see. Definitely. But on a side note, I'd like to give a shout out, which Pixel already knows, to my friend Cryptomancer, who has been on the show before. Uh, he was featured on the front page of Curse.com in their video of BlizzCon, is a female knight elf death knight. Uh, he was cosplaying on the main stage and had a little interview there. <laughs> so shout out to Cryptomancer, yes. I know they all play it on the online, but uh, that's what he said. Exactly. He said every man plays a woman, and then they're always a night elf, so they can watch them run. And so yeah. he decided he was going to cosplay uh, all the way. I mean, he's got a, a bra. I'm telling you. <laughs> so. I always say, just like with Halloween, it's the guys' chance. They all want to dress up as women. So <laughs> there you go. And I still want to know if he uh, actually did the dance on stage. So I will have to I ask him. Know, that. For some reason, comes on. I want to see that. <laughs> I will have to ask. <laughs> now let's take a few minutes to talk about Star Wars: The Old Republic, much hyped game. Are you going to be playing that, The Old Republic? Yep, yep. I have the oh, pre-order. Man. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I've yeah. stayed away from MMOs since I quit WoW last year. Okay. I don't know. The Old Republic. I need that. It's going to draw you back. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> we'll see. I'm trying not to read too many of the things and get all hyped up. I mean, all my friends are like, yeah, you know, I'm going to be a smuggler and I'm going to start with this class and I'm going to like play on this planet and here's my goal. I'm going to be like neutral. And I mean, they have the whole thing down, oh, wow. like what they're going to be already and counselor or whatever. And, and I, I'm trying not to do that. I don't want to get too yeah. excited. I've had too many even- disappointing experiences with MMOs where I start to play them and I'm like, mm, no. Aww. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't even read anything about it, so I don't know what classes there are. I kind of just want to go into it totally pure and just kind of experience it with wide eyes for the first time. (laughs) Yes, there you go. (laughs) I am supposed to be in the beta whenever they decide to release that to the public, which Uh I'm sure they'll wait until two weeks before the actual release at Christmas. Yeah, because it's coming out really, really soon. Yeah. Only like a month and a half away. You would think that they would kind of open that up. I have a couple friends who were in the first beta, and they're playing it now and like holding it above me. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Guess man, what actually. I did today. <laughs> now, Star Wars: The Old Republic, Valkyrie. Is there anything you can tell us without violating your do not, um, your non-disclosure? So they're pretty strict on that, and I'm, I'm literally not supposed to say much other than I'm playing. But I will say uh, to me, you know, I hope this isn't out of the box. That it's it's a total blend of it, re- it reminds me of Coder and Mass Knights of the Old Republic and Mass Effect, like blended together to create this environment. You know that it, those two of my favorite games, RPGs, like blended together, and then they put it into an MMO environment. So you know you have the party systems and stuff, and but. I, I really don't know how much I can say, so I, I really can't, but know that if you're fans of those series, you're going to absolutely love it. I mean, I haven't got into, you know, any of the PvP or the end game multiplayer stuff. I was uh, three levels from completing my Jedi uh, when they reset the server, so, and then they just reset again, so, um, but the, it, I, I could not put it down. It was the story and the full cutscene cinematics of the quest and, you know, the whole uh, you know, based on the decisions you make, you know, free open. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just absolutely amazing. Well, I have two concerns with that. One is I really want the companions and I wonder, I understand they don't come to you until later on. Like you get them in staggered, you get them staggered. I hope I can say that, but you get them staggered. So you get one very early on. Okay. And then, and then they stagger after that. So, so it's not purely end game. You do get them to quest. Not at all. Okay. Excellent. And I'm also worried, I guess, I always start MMOs very excited, and then I'll play for like two months and get tired and be like, oh, this is grindy, (laughs) this is no fun, and then I'll just quit and never come back, which I could name names, but I don't, you know, except for World of Warcraft. But I'm afraid I'm going to pay 150 bucks for the Collector Edition, (laughs) and then two months later I'm going to be like, eh, whatever. I got the Collector's Edition just because, you know, the game itself is amazing. I really don't. I don't know how Endgame's going to be. The rating wasn't open for testing. Um, and and then I never, you know, I didn't go on the server where you started at 45. I had kept having to start over and over. So I really don't know. And I'm concerned because I want them to be a success too. I really love the game. So to me, I could, all I know is the RPG elements are 
freaking phenomenal that it's a great game that I'm going to play literally every class to get the because they all have individual class stories as well. Ooh, okay. Main missions throughout. I know that I'm going to play both sides, Sith and Jedi. And so I will have a lot of gameplay time there on just on the RPG side. So uh, end game and multiplayer. I mean, yes, you're as you're going leveling, you're still grouping up with people to do some of, you know, heroics and stuff. It's in every area you're having that. So and your companion, you know, acts as one person if you gear them correctly <laughs> we'll see okay. they make that a little harder but i was whipping through with my companion and my friend um storm pms her companion and we ended up <laughs> it's like dill bit. boxing yeah it totally exactly and so it was it's absolutely phenomenal and i think that there's a lot of gameplay value even if the end game and and the mmo aspect in the in the end isn't there we'll see well that makes it worth it then i think that makes me feel a little bit better because i'm well known as a huge bioware fan and yeah, i could play God, mass too. effect you know over and over so if i can play this and then say and oh you know what love this. oh good okay then Even i'm more excited because i just really don't know the rpg alone i mean you really will because of those class missions on individual classes you're gonna want to you're gonna play all those classes okay okay good yay everyone get <laughs> excited about star wars little republic which my friends already are i know it's amazing. <laughs> All right. We are getting close to ending now. Is there anything you would like to say on the topics above that we talked about before we close either of you? No, not me. I, I just hope everyone has a good time on Mr. Pan uh, Dairy. I, wow. Is, you know, something special to my heart. I don't, you know, I I'll, might take my breaks, but something I won't ever leave. And I hope they continue to develop that. And it's definitely going to keep me around because now I get to try out Diablo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, I'll just say, if you guys don't see me uh, after December, that's probably because I'm playing the Old Republic. So. <laughs> Between <laughs> you know the where two. to find me. <laughs> Between the two. You want to level with someone? Trust me, you get extra social points when you're leveling. Really? Good thing I have you. And, yeah, you still, someone chooses because there's light and dark sides, just like all their games, you know. So if someone like chooses a dark side and you choose a light, it like does this random roll and you'll see the cutscene of whoever won the roll but you'll still get your good or bad points based on what you put but you won't see your cutscene i did wonder about that let's say you're extreme good and then you're just randomly pugging with somebody who's evil let's say they win the roll does that mean that you lose good points and that no, the evil ending happens they're not going to take that away but the cutscene will still be theirs and if there's some follow-up where you have to you know kill someone or something you'll still have to do that too oh <laughs> so be careful who you friend yes Very actually it's cool go with someone evil so you can get to see some of the bad side too <laughs> without any uh detriment. Like every single class to see their class story you can play good and light of every class and see all the outcomes <sighs> endless Very now cool. endless, endless. <laughs> Very good. A big thank you to Valkyrie and Pixel, and you can find them on Twitter at FragDolls or online at FragDolls.com. If you'd like to leave some feedback or keep up with the news, you can find me on Twitter at Gray Area Podcast, at Facebook slash Gray Area Podcast, or on iTunes. If you have any gray areas in your relationships or just need a new perspective, email me your questions, advice, or suggestions to Gray at Yahoo.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next week with a new episode.